Our text this morning will be Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through verse 4. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through verse 4. We're going to pick up where we left off last week, talking about freedom. Last week and this week, the title of the message is Freed to Live. Paul is telling us through the Holy Spirit some things that are very foundational, very important that we have in our minds as we live this life that God has given us. Let's look again, if you would, at Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through verse 4. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I ask Your blessing now on this message. I ask for strength to deliver it, a clear mind to... To give what you have laid on my heart, I ask that you would help us to to block out the things that might take our attention away and and might cause distractions, Lord, that you would help us to be focused on this great truth and what it means for us and that we would endeavor to live our lives after it. I ask you to do the work that I cannot do and only you can do, that you would convict and lead and strengthen, that you would do that now among us, Lord. I, I ask for that and I praise you and give you glory for all that you've done and all that you will do. Ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. So, whenever I go someplace new or someplace I haven't been before, I usually use GPS. We all do, right? That's just something we do. We um, type in the address and we follow it. In fact, without GPS, we'd probably be pretty lost and not able to go anywhere new outside of, of what we know. But if you're anything like me, when I, when I punch it in, I don't just trust it and hit start. I usually look up the map to check and see if they're going to take me to the right place, I guess. Or I want to see the route uh, laid out there so I can, I can see it in my head and then let the GPS take me turn by turn. And then you hit go and you start driving, right? And it tells you where to go. Unless you pull off for gas or you pull off to get food with the GPS still running and you hear constant reminders of how to get back on. They can be quite persistent, right, to tell you to get back or make a U-turn or turn here just because, hey, I want to get some gas. And she doesn't understand that. She won't shut up. So sometimes you have to kind of ignore it or turn it off. But that's what it's for, right, to get us to where we're supposed to go, to tell us how to turn, to tell us where to go. And I want to use that illustration as we finish up some things this morning that we, we talked about last week. We spent a lot of time last Sunday, and I tried to make clear that we are free in Christ. And I hope that was clear, and I hope it resonated with you, and maybe it's stuck in your mind. This is so vital and important that we understand that in Christ I am free. In Christ I am alive. It's not in this world. This world brings bondage. It's not even in other people. It's in Christ. In Him I am free. In Him I am alive. And we have to understand that. That's the 
the very starting point. We talked about what we were freed from. Look at there in verse 2. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The governing power, that controlling power of sin and death in my life. That dominance of sin in my life. Christ has set us free from that. He's broken the chains of bondage. He's given us life when we were dead. We said that all humanity is under its dominion. We all need to be freed from it. There's nobody who escapes this. Just look in the world. Look at the current state of society. That is the chains and the bondage of sin and death that is working its way throughout. And we need to be freed from that. The second point we discussed was who we are freed by. It's not by a person. It's not by actions. It's not by money. The only one who frees us from that is Christ. It's Christ. And it's the life in Him. Verse 3 says, The law could not do it. It was weak through the flesh. God sent His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin He condemned sin in the flesh. You see, on that cross... He defeated sin. He gave His perfect, sinless blood. By His resurrection, He defeated death. So He has defeated the two enemies, the two masters that rule over us. And He offers us life. He offers us redemption through His blood. He offers us the way to be reconciled back to God. He gives us eternal life, if we would believe. The Bible tells us that those who trust in Him are born again spiritually, saved from their sin, made alive in Christ, and that new life now is the dominant power. What does it say in the first part of verse 2? The law of the Spirit of life. The governing power of the Spirit of life in Christ has freed me from the governing power of sin and death. It's all about Him now and the life that He has given us. That new life that is within us. If you are saved this morning, that is who you are. You understand that? That is who you are. You are alive in Christ. You're forgiven. You stand justified before Him. And it's amazing how Satan tries to trip us up and tell us otherwise. Brings up our past sins, right? He tries to bring up past circumstances and get us to, to dwell on things that we did way back when. Or He even tries to get us to focus on our present failings now. He even tries to get us to dwell on our future failings. I can't, or what ifs, or this might happen. A thousand other things He tries to bring into our minds to get us off track. And what we need to be reminded are reminded of is that I am free from that in Christ. I'm freed from that. In fact, chapter 6 and verse 11 tells us we must reckon ourselves to be dead indeed to sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so many of us trip up and so many of us fail because we don't know who we are. Sin comes along, I don't have to listen. In fact, sin has no power over me because I am alive in Christ. And if we maybe started thinking like that, like who's given me life, who's given their life for me, and who works in me, maybe some things would be different if we allowed that to be the dominant power. Well, that's kind of what we're going to talk about. You see, those things we talked about last week is like the map. 
It's the, 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 the long-term and, and um, very visible starting and ending. He's given us life. He's bringing us home to Him, right? We look forward to an eternity with Him. But in the middle, we got a road to live. we got a road to walk, a life to live. And we're going to need turn-by-turn directions. We're going to need to follow some warnings or follow some directions that point us in the, in the right way. And that's what Paul is going to talk about in, in verse 4. Now, before we get into that, I just kind of need to make clear what we're talking about. We're not talking about salvation here anymore. In fact, Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8 really aren't talking about salvation. They're talking about what's called sanctification. Big word, don't get freaked out by it. just means being set apart. When someone or something is sanctified, they're set apart for special use. And Paul has already dealt with our justification in Romans 1 through 5. Now he's talking about our life being set apart for him. Okay? So we're free in Christ, but what are we free to do? Are we free to simply exist and just kind of walk around without any direction? No. We're freed to live. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're freed to live for Him. We're freed to live the fullness of this life that He's given. Yes, we have life in Christ, but there's a fullness that comes with it. There's experiences. There's obedience. All that comes with that. To truly live for Him and to be what we could never be without Him. Look at verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, now because of Him and the life that He's given, I can be righteous. This is not just talking about imputed righteousness. Like, I, I am, Christ's righteousness is imputed to me at first faith. That's already been discussed in Romans 5. This is talking about living for Him. This is a practical righteousness. This is living out the change that has occurred about yielding to Him and being obedient. Listen, this is beyond baptism and church membership. That's a given, okay? I've I've mentioned it many times in the Scriptures. That's not an option. Today's climate has has made it so that that's, that's an option. In the New Testament, that's what you do. Once you are saved, you join up with His people through baptism. That's just what's expected. This is talking about living the life after that. Can I be righteous? How does that work? See, the righteousness of the law once condemned me, didn't it? Thou shalt not lie. Well, when I lie, it points it out. Thou shalt not covet. When I covet, it points it out. Thou shalt not steal, on and on and on. The righteousness of the law once pointed to me and says, you're a sinner. Well, how does the change happen now? When the law once pointed out my sin and showed that I couldn't keep it, as I follow God, there is a change that happens in me now. See, the Spirit leads us, God leads us and shows us, hey, lying is wrong. You don't do that. Let's just take that. It's a simple one, right? Lying is wrong. You don't do that. And now I desire to please Him. I desire to be right with Him. 
And by His power governing my life and His Spirit leading me, I stay away from lying now. Before, maybe I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Who cares? It's just a white lie. Now I care about that and I know it's wrong, so I want to stay away from that. And the Spirit leads me away from that when I come to it. And so by the Spirit's power, by the law of the Spirit in my life, I try to stop lying. And what happens? I become more righteous in that aspect. And step by step, in little steps like that, I am conformed to the image of Christ. I leave the old life behind. I am conformed more and more to Christ. I have a defense for that now. See, before, we didn't have any kind of defense. Did whatever we wanted to do, right? Sin came along or fleshly desires came along and we were in bondage to them. A temptation comes along, we obeyed. Maybe it was to covet something or someone or maybe it was to curse or maybe it was to steal or maybe it was to do any of those things that the law called out and we obeyed it. Again, maybe we didn't think anything was wrong with doing it, but we, we just did what we wanted to do and each time we did, we made ourselves more unrighteous, farther and farther away from God. But now that we are freed from that, we are freed to live for Him as we follow His Spirit. And He's given us some defenses so that we don't fall back in bondage. See, that's going to be the greatest danger for us. What I, what I want to talk about most today is there is a danger of falling back into bondage to sin. We just mentioned it this morning in class. What did the Egyptians say? Why have you brought us out here to die? I want to go eat onions in Egypt. We used to sit by the meat pots and be full. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They were slaves with the lash of the taskmaster on their back, working their fingers to the bone, barely having enough to eat. But it's amazing how the draw of sin can be, right? Oh, I remember it was so good back. No, it wasn't. But yet we can experience life in Christ, and for some reason, sin begins to draw us, and we think it's not that bad, and we will willingly walk back into bondage to it. We will let some things run our minds. We will let some things run our hearts. We will willingly direct our life towards some sinful things. We better be careful because as we do that, we pick back up the shackles and shackle ourselves back into bondage to sin. So we need to have some defenses against that. And God has given us some some guidance, some, some warning signs so that that doesn't happen. And number one, and maybe you might think this is a little off, but I think it's important. Number one is the forgiveness He offers us. Forgiveness and the grace that God gives us is a defense to keep us from sinning again. First, turn to 1 John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, we're going to pick it up in verse 5. John, being very clear as he writes to the church, says, This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. God is 100% holy. God is 100% pure. There is no darkness, no shadows in God. He is pure. 
verse 6. And if we say that we have fellowship with Him, and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. (laughs) You say you have a relationship with God. We say that we're in fellowship with Him. If there are areas of darkness, willing darkness, I'm not talking about stumbling, but willingly walking in some darkness in our life, we are liars. How can we have a relationship with God and still have darkness in our life? Because with God, there is no darkness. We lie and do not the truth. Verse 7, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking to people who know what fellowship is. He's talking to people that have a relationship with Him. He's talking about a continual cleansing of our sins. Listen, you might hear that we are forgiven for every sin that we will ever do at the moment we are saved. Well, listen, we are forgiven from the penalty of sin, but there is a need for repentance each and every day. And what forgives that sin? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It is still His blood that bought me. It is still His blood that redeems me, that cleanses me now, here and now, some 30 years later of my sins. And if I am walking in the light, I'm going to have fellowship with Him and I'm going to be cleansed by Him because I'm going to be aware of some things. Verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. There should be a readiness to confess because there is a willingness to forgive on God's part. If we confess, He forgives. And we stay in relationship with Him. We stay walking in His light. I don't think any of us would look at our life and say, I'm good. There's no sin there. Because to do that is a liar, right? To, be, to do that is to be a liar. We should look at our life and say, you know what? This, this part's not right. Lord, help me here. Maybe it's this attitude. Maybe it's this mindset. Maybe it's this action. Whatever it is, Lord, help me because I, I need to be forgiven there. Verse Chapter 2 and verse 1, My little children, these things are right I unto you that ye sin not. <laughs> He's writing these things so that we stay away from sin. And if we do sin, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. For He is the propitiation for our sins. Big word again means the sacrifice that satisfies everything. He is the one who takes away sin. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. There is forgiveness. There is grace in Christ. And notice how he kind of changes here in verse 3. And hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 
But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. There's something about the mercy of God. There's something about the grace of God. When I experience forgiveness for sins, that makes me want to serve him more. When I bow before Him and I pour my heart out and I've done something really bad or I've said something really bad and I experience that forgiveness, it drives me closer to God because of His grace. Lord, You are so gracious. You are so loving to me. And I want to put my, put my life more in the right place. It makes me want to sin less because of His grace makes me want to be more faithful to Him. Listen, we're going to mess up. Maybe royally. But if we confess, and if we repent, He's there to put us right back on track and to draw our hearts closer to Him. And that's not a license to sin, but that's a freedom to choose Him over sin. That's a defense against sin. You know what it's you know what it's like. I know what it's like when I feel guilty and I feel bad for doing what God has asked me not to do. And even though I confess and I repent and there's forgiveness, right? There's still there still lingers with us that that feeling of man, I let him down so bad. And I knew better and I shouldn't have done that. Doesn't that keep us from sin? It should. I think it's a defense against sin. I, I don't want to let him down. Look how gracious he's been to me. Look how loving he's been to me. The second defense he gives us is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. When the impulse or the temptation comes along, we have an unbeatable defense against sin. That's the Holy Spirit and His presence with you. Ephesians 5 says this, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That is a command to every person who is His, to His people, to be filled with the Spirit. Now we can fill our minds with a lot of junk. We can fill our hearts with a lot of things that will lead us away. We are to be filled, and the idea there in Ephesians is continually be filled with the Spirit. The New Testament is very clear. The Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force or some some standoff idea. No, He is given to lead, to comfort, to convict, to guide, to teach, to dwell in, to fill His people, His body, the church. He works in us. He works through us. Yes, He does the, the, the work of convicting and drawing in the world, but the fullness is given to His people. We are to be full of the Spirit. If we're not, there's a problem. And you and I are to be in tune with Him, our minds and our hearts given to Him. Allowing Him to be in control. See, when the Spirit's in control, I don't have to give in to temptation. You know, you know what it's like, that split second in your mind when you say, nope, this is wrong. Who do you think that is? You think that's you or you think that's the Spirit? That's the Spirit speaking to you in those small ways. Listen, I'm not getting crazy 
Pentecostal. I'm talking reality. That's how the Spirit moves in us. Hey, stop. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go there. Or maybe moving us to go talk to that person. Or maybe you should say this. Or maybe you should say that. That's the Spirit drawing us. We need to be in tune to that. Our hearts and our minds given to that. Following that. So when temptation comes along, I don't have to lie. I don't have to covet. I don't have to steal. I've got a defense against that. He guards my heart. He guards my mind from those things. And if I listen and I obey and I pray for grace, through Him I have the power over sin. That's what we talk about. When we have the power, we're freed from sin. Because the Spirit is there guiding and keeping us away and helping us have victory over it. And so now, choice by choice, situation by situation, my life begins to take on a new tone. You see? Now, by those little choices, I become righteous. I become sanctified. I become holy as He works in me. This is not some fantasy This is God working in us every day in each little situation that we face. He can fulfill the righteousness of the holy requirements of God in us if we follow the Spirit. Turn by turn, giving us direction. Each situation that we face in life, He'll tell us, in other words, but turn right here, turn left here. Up ahead, there's a problem. Here's what you should do as He speaks to us. Here's how you should handle this problem that's coming along. And we can either follow the direction or not. And the righteousness that I could never have before begins to be fulfilled in us by the Spirit. That's what this law of the Spirit of life in Christ is all about. That governing my life, that controlling my life. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. You could turn there if you want. If not, listen as I read it. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself me. See, when I am walking with the Spirit, when I am yielding myself to Him, I am living in Christ, I am living through Christ. Christ is living in and through me, and that's what we are supposed to do, right? Does not He say, abide in me and I in you? That's how when, when I'm given to His Spirit, I'm full of His Spirit, He is living His life in me. And I am living my life in Him. That's what we're supposed to do, that's what we're called to do. But let's just be 100% honest. That doesn't always happen, does it? All that I just said sounds really good. But sometimes it just doesn't happen, does it? If we're honest, probably we don't really think about it that much. Except maybe when we're in church or something comes along. We just kind of go through the day and maybe if a hard time comes along or something kind of piques our attention then we start thinking about it but most of the time we just go on we got stuff to do right we're not really worried about being in tune with the spirit or anything like that it doesn't always happen like that 
Sometimes we ignore the warnings too. Sometimes we stay on the wrong road and we get all mixed up and in trouble. Why does that happen? Back to Romans 8 if you've turned. Just this end phrase in verse 4 that Paul says. The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk after the excuse me who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit that's the condition now that word walk i think you're all aware of that means to live it's how you live it's your lifestyle it's the tone of your life who's in control of your life you are either walking after the flesh or after the spirit and this is each and every day living And Paul puts it plain and simple. Either you're going to live after the flesh, or you're going to live after the Spirit. And the word after gives the idea of down from. The control is coming down from. Who's the dominant force in your life? The flesh or the Spirit? The flesh is is this sinful nature we have in our bodies. We all know it well. You know the temptations. You know the lusts. You know the desires that come along. And that's what Satan uses to try, try to get us off track, isn't it? He diverts our attention. We follow that and we get all messed up. He stops thinking. Listen, it can even be while you're reading the Bible or praying. You ever have that happen? <laughs> Glad I'm not the only one. Be reading the Bible, and man, a thought just hits you. Whoa, where did that come from? Or you start thinking about this situ- situation. What am I doing? Or you're praying and trying to be deep in prayer, and then your mind kind of trickles off here, and you're thinking of things about work or what you're going to buy. Whoa, 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 what's going on? It's Satan using this fallen flesh to get at us. You ever turn off the road when you're on a um, vacation or on a road trip to try to find something and you get all turned around because you don't punch it into GPS. Oh, it should be right here. <laughs> it's not. I did that when we were passing through Vegas. Usually I have one stop in Vegas that's Cracker Barrel and a gas station across the street and boom, we're out. But I thought I'd try one of those burger places. I think it was Wahlburger, right? We thought we'd try to find that. Oh, it's supposed to be right here. Some of you told me it was just right there. So we turned off. We didn't punch it in GPS. It's supposed to be right there. You're supposed to be able to see it, blah, blah, blah. So we turned off and tried to find it with a truck and a trailer. Two trucks and two trailers behind us, actually. On the Saturday of spring break. So you can imagine what that was like. Whoa, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of cars. I don't got room to turn anywhere. There's no place to turn around. What's going on? And in the meantime, GPS, make a U-turn at this, make a U-turn, so and so. You are. <laughs> so we're slamming that, trying to get it off. I'm trying to look. Finally, no way, no way, dude. We're going back to the freeway and we're getting out of here. Actually, we found a place to turn around, kind of got turned around. Where is the freeway? Turn on the GPS, get us back on track. Listen, that can happen when we follow things that lead away from God, right? Pretty soon we find our life is all messed up. And we gotten turned around and lost and off track. And what the heck happened? Well, we followed the flesh is what happened. And it will take us away from God. It will get us all messed up. And 
we'll find ourselves trying to search for the GPS to get right back on track. Lord, help me. I am too far away. I need your help and I need your guidance. It probably would have been a good idea if we had listened to the warnings in the first place, right? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And we know how to shut that off, don't we? We know how to ignore the leading of the Spirit, that still small voice that tells us, hey, this is going to be trouble. Even sometimes we'll put our put our hands over our eyes to the neon signs that tell us stop. We follow that flesh. We'll get very quickly mixed up. Instead of following those sinful desires, instead of walking after those flesh, when those things come along, we ought to run the other way to God. Lord, help me. Help me right now. I need help to get through this conversation. I need help to get through this next few minutes. I need help to get through this day. Whatever it is, we should be running to Him saying, Lord, there is a pull from the flesh. Help me right now. I need help. We ought to put those things out of our mind. Look in Ephesians chapter 4, if you would. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 17. Ephesians 4 and 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Don't live like the world does, because the world lives in the vanity of their mind. Why do they get drunk? Why do they take drugs? Why do they have sex outside of marriage? Why do they do anything that comes into their mind? Because their mind is fallen, just as ours was. They may think it's good. They may think it's a good idea. What does it say? It's vanity foolishness, trying to catch the wind in your hands. Don't walk as the other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened. They don't know better. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who, verse 19, being past feeling, have given themselves over into lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. You know better. You know better. I know better. The Word has opened my eyes. The Spirit has opened my eyes to some things. I know now some things are wrong because of thus saith the Lord. There is no excuse. Well, I didn't know. Yes, we do. We have not so learned Christ. We understand what it means to desire to be righteous. We desire to be holy and sanctified before Him, right? You have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard Him, verse 21, have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. No, we are not to live after the flesh anymore. We're not to follow after the flesh. We're to put on the new man and live after the new man that has been created in Christ. That one who loves God. That part of you that desires to be righteous. We are to follow after Him. Follow after that because that is what we have been freed to do. We've not been freed to sin. We've been freed to live this new life. So which one are you going to choose? Because this is not automatic. You know what is automatic? The flesh. Do nothing. 
Don't read your Bible. Don't pray. And you will be great at following the flesh. And you'll be separated from God. That's what the natural state of man is. Even after we are redeemed. Even after we have been set free. That fleshly nature has a strong pull to it. And we need to willingly follow after. To choose to follow the Spirit. Why would we want to go back into the bondage of sin anyways? It's amazing to me the choices we can make. It's amazing to me what we let dominate our minds. What we let our hearts follow after. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's negativity. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's fear. Or maybe it's just flat out choosing to do what God says not to. But it's amazing that we choose at times to live under the control of sin. Why? Those things will control us. They will dominate us. They will lead us away from God. That's not who we are. We're freed from all of that. We need to follow the Spirit. Listen, here I give you a promise. You follow the Spirit and the law of the Spirit, which is life in Christ, that will be what controls you. You will be free from some things. You will be free from sin and death if you follow the Spirit. But we have to choose, right? At the core, it's really that simple. We have one of two choices. We have one of two paths. Either we follow the flesh or we follow the Spirit. We tend to think sometimes it's only the big events, like when I got saved or when I was baptized, and now I'm good. No, it's the everyday choices that make the difference. It's the smaller choices that define our life. You get up in the morning, what do you do? Do you run to the TV? Do you run to news or social media? Do you let your mind instantly start replaying drama of the previous day or maybe what you're going to face? Do you let the struggles that you know are coming for the day begin to consume your mind and dominate your thinking? Do your feet hit the floor, ticked off because it's morning? (laughs) I wish I could have slept another three hours and already you're in a bad mood. Or do you run to the Word? Do you open it up? The first thing that comes in your mind, thank you, Lord, for another day. Do you praise Him for the life that you have? And even though you know maybe some things are going on in your life or some things are going to happen today, are you immediately calling on His strength? Lord, I'm going to need help. I already know it. Please help me. Think that makes a difference? Sure it does. Maybe it doesn't seem like, oh, it's that big a sin just to, to not choose those things. It, it will start your day off a lot better if you follow the spiritual things. Or how about when you're driving into work? <laughs> That can separate the holy from the unholy really quick. You spend some time in the freeway. It's not easy. It's frustrating. I hate it. But instead of dwelling on the frustration, how about you turn on some music? Like praise music. Or Southern Gospel Radio on Pandora. Or something that wraps you in peace. Something you find yourself humming along and singing along to and actually kind of forgetting about traffic. 
Little choices. How about you talk to God as if He was sitting next to you in the car? And you pour out your heart and you, you talk to Him maybe some things that are troubling you. Maybe that choice would be a good one. Or throughout the day and the things that come up and maybe there's a temptation to get angry or discouraged or maybe you pray them away and you ask guidance for situations for His Spirit to fill and to guide you. And You do your work, but you do it for the glory of God, not yourself. You look for open doors to speak about Christ and to share the Gospel and to invite. And When you get home in the evening, maybe you've had a hard day and there might be chaos. And if you have little ones, that's just going to be our life for a little (laughs) space of time. But instead of getting irritated, you find joy that there's little feet running around the household making noise and laughing and you find joy in it and instead of in front of the tv you sit your family down at the table and you talk you turn off the media you turn off the cell phones and you just talk about the day and about the struggles and you look in your kids life how to speak god into them how to show them this is what the bible says about what you're going through right now or Maybe you just share how God worked or you pray and you read the Bible together. Choose those things in those little choices all throughout the day. That begins to make the difference between a life that is either following the Spirit or following the flesh. Listen, you all know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You know those times in your day. And you know the choices that we need to make. That's where our life is guided turn by turn. That's where the Spirit leads us and takes us on the road that we need to go. And those little choices, they're pretty important. Because one wrong little choice can snowball into a big problem, can't it? Let's say you didn't pray at the beginning of your day. Now you're in a bad mood. And your mind's thinking on other things. As something happens at work and you snap and that damages a relationship. In fact, it might damage several relationships. And now this witness that you've been trying to maintain and talking about God and all He's done, that could be shattered with just a few words. And it snowballs and it snowballs from one maybe wrong or bad little choice. These things are important that we choose the spiritual side, choose to follow the Spirit and in all aspects of our life. Well, you might be saying, that all sounds good, Pastor, but that's a lot of choices. That's kind of hard. I mean, we have to think about this all the time. I mean, every day for the rest of my life. I don't want to sound flippant. I don't want to sound insensitive because I know we all struggle with different things. We've all got different situations that we face, but... It's really not that hard. It's not that hard. Walking's not hard. Take one step with your left, and you take one step with your right, and you repeat for the rest of your life. Anywhere you want to go, step one, step two, repeat. And maybe this morning you just need to take that first step. And you need strength for the next, and then to repeat it. Each day, in every situation. Sometimes it's scary. It's easy to take the fleshly route. It's easy to not care about some things. 
It might be hard to make that spiritual choice. But take that step. And then take another one. One foot at a time. One step at a time. Step by step. Begin walking after the Spirit. Day after day, just one foot in front of the other. Listen, you might have to walk on top of a mountain. You might be walking at the floor of a valley. But the directions don't change, do they? Step by step with Him. Maybe we need help for that next step. Well, great, I got something for you. It's called the Bible. Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It gives us what we need to make that next decision. So I would ask you, I would urge you to follow the Spirit, to walk after the Spirit. Listen, maybe today you've gotten a little bit off path and you're looking just to get back on the path. Maybe I haven't thought about walking after the Spirit for a very long time or maybe I'm so mixed up and tangled up I don't really know where I'm at with the Lord. Didn't we see there is forgiveness? If we confess our sins, if we're real and we're honest and say, Lord, I, maybe I'm at ground zero and I've got to start all over again. Or maybe, maybe I, I, I'm in need of some help and I've made some wrong choices. If we confess He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to restore us, to put us back on track and to get us where we need to go. And He'll show you where to go step by step. But you must choose it. I can't choose that for you. Nobody else can choose that for you. It's your choice to make. And so will you choose to follow the Spirit today? Listen. He has set us free from that which would tangle us up again. He has set us free from the bondage of sin and death. There's no reason we need to turn off the road to get messed up. But yet we do. As part of human nature, we do. We, we follow after foolish things. That's why we need to understand He's given us a new life. I am alive in Christ to follow Him, freed from the, the, those other things, to live this wonderful life that He has given, that He has called us to, to someday be home with Him. And He will guide us step by step if I just follow Him. So follow that this morning. Follow Him. Don't walk away. I've seen too many walk away and now their lives are a mess. Maybe it's walking with Him, holding Him like a child. You know, listen, my kids learned how to walk, but for a long time they had to hold my hand, right? As they got steadier on their feet. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with holding, hand, holding tight to the hand of God. Whatever it is, step by step, we need to follow God. So I would ask, would you choose that today and then tomorrow and then the next day? Walk with Him. Follow the guidelines that He gives us as He sanctifies us, as He makes us righteous. There's great things we can do for God. There's great promises that He has given. There is even what's called an abundant entrance to the kingdom of God, we can walk in and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. As I've said it before, I'll say it again, that's what I'm living my life to hear. 
It's not a dollar amount. It's not an achievement list. I want to hear those words. And if every sacrifice in my life will be worth those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But that will not happen if I don't follow Him. This is, this is so basic. And that's what Paul's telling us. Hey, you've got to follow the Spirit. He's done so much. He set you free. Follow Him. Don't follow the flesh. Walk after the Spirit, and He will make us righteous. So I pray that you would, that you would choose Him, and you would start today. Let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank You for the promises that You've given in Scripture of all that You will do for us. I thank You for all that You have done for us, Lord. And I thank You for the Spirit that You've given to guide us. I just ask for strength to do that, to choose you over the things of this world, Lord. Sometimes we get distracted and we get messed up and we walk away after some foolish things, Lord, and we we let some foolish things run our mind and and our heart, Lord. I ask forgiveness in my own life where I've done that. And I ask for strength to to follow after you step by step In, in the moments that's hard in the moments where I'm faced with choices that I would choose to follow you. And I ask the same for each one here. Let us be a, a body here that follows you heart and soul as we walk in the steps that you've given us and we follow after your spirit, Lord. Maybe some here need some strength or maybe some here need some restoration, maybe even salvation. And they, they are in bondage to sin and death, Lord, I pray that you would see that they can be freed in Christ and they would trust in Him before it's everlasting too late. Lord, just help us to be people that follow you. I thank you for all that you've done. I pray that you move now on the hearts that need it. Draw them to yourself. I thank you for your grace and mercy. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.